Good morning and happy Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday here at church. We've been having some good church this morning together. Yeah? Amen. Um, well, I am uh, so glad to be able to be with you all this morning as we're kicking off also a new sermon series entitled, Who is this God? So before we deeply move into that, will you join me in prayer? God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham and Sarah, of Moses, of Hagar, of Mary, of David, of Paul, of Lydia, a God who shows up not only in burning bushes, but in quiet breaths, the God who is known to us in Jesus the God of all love, meet us anew this day. Bring us more deeply into that vision from the mountaintop of the promised land of your love. Be with us now by your spirit. Amen. Well, the question that we'll be wrestling with in these next weeks is about who is this God? I'm a deep believer as a Jesus follower, a theologian, an ethicist, a pastor, and a human, that how you answer this question matters. Who you believe God is, the images of God that animate your faith and life, impact how you live. Indeed, if God is all judgment, you're probably going to show up in the world as a little bit more judgmental. Now, you might say judgment's reserved for God, but, you know, it kind of flows out. And hopefully the same is true whatever it is you believe about who this God is. So I hope in these coming weeks, you'll take seriously this question as an invitation. Who is this God? Not just as philosophy, but who is this God to you. Today, in this first sermon in the series, we're turning to God as Yahweh. Now, one of the things I like to do when talking about our sermon series, I first of all usually like to throw Christian Collins' win under the bus. Hi, Christian, <laughs> my dear brother and friend. Now, the reason I like to do this is because he usually like picks the passages that we're thinking about and wrestling with. Now, in truth, Actually, all of the ministers work on the sermon series, but it's more fun to throw him under the bus. Plus, Jeff's my boss. <clears throat> <laughs> now, a beautiful thing, though, that I think happens, and this is the second thing that I often say, is I notice how God's spirit is at work. Like, I think we're decently strategic leaders, but I gotta tell ya, we weren't like, it's MLK Sunday, let's preach on Yahweh. It's just kind of how this series came together. And now, as we're here, and it's MLK Sunday, I'm like, well, amen. I think God is up to something. And here's why. Who is this God? Answering it with Yahweh tells us something about the God who is in the long arc of the business of freedom. The God who heard the cry of a people who were enslaved and oppressed. And how did that God show up? 
That God didn't show up like Zeus, throwing lightning bolts down from the sky. That God showed up in a burning bush and said, I, the God of your ancestors, am Yahweh. You might be like, that's nice, Sarah. You're defining this with circular reasoning. Who is this God? Yahweh. Who is Yahweh? Yahweh. Okay, I'll say more about who Yahweh is in a minute. Six years ago, actually this week, I came to this church as a minister. It has been a beautiful and challenging at times. If you've been around, you know what I mean. Time. A time for which I am deeply grateful. And in part, I came here not only out of a deep sense of call, a sense that the Spirit's work was animated and present here, that I also wanted to be part of a community wrestling with faith. What does it mean to be Christian, to follow Jesus in a world and in a time and a moment in history that the church, particularly in the United States and particularly the white church, is beset by Christian nationalism? What does it mean in view of this to follow Jesus? Whatever you might think of me, that actually has been my central animating question. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean for us to be a people whose lives are transformed by answering the question of who is this God with God is love and we know it in Jesus? Now, as a person who has long been a Christian, as a white woman, there was a point in my 20s where I really wrestled, not that I've stopped wrestling with my faith, but I was really in the throes of wrestling, okay? I grew up while I absolutely believed that God was love in Jesus. Some of the ways that I had been taught to interpret the cross felt like they were all these theologies of glory, where if we follow Jesus, we'll just have more money. If we follow Jesus, we'll have more power. I mean, we didn't like say that out loud because we were a bunch of Scandinavian heritage people. But you know, there was some of that animating it. And yet, as I read the Gospels, and as I began looking more and more at church history, It seemed to me that the church got it wrong every time we thought following God in Jesus was about power, right? We got it wrong every time we were so sure we knew more than all of those people. But every time we get it right as a church is when we follow Jesus, when we seek to love our neighbors as ourselves, where we remember it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so if I'm really honest with you, which I struggle to be, that's a joke if you don't know me because I don't struggle with that. (laughs) You've helped me grow in that, though, so thank you deeply. Um, It was really, I I was re-encountered by a deep love of the cross and of Jesus through the work of some of my black siblings of faith, particularly the work of James Cone, the cross and the lynching tree. It was through his work that I was able to see the cross again, not as an instrument of power or making sure I was right, 
But what does it mean that in Jesus, God is truly with and for all of us? That God is in the business of, as it says in John, right? I came so that they might get free in every single way. And so it's here that I want to start, or more like continue and quickly hurry up my sermon that I'm preaching, uh, to turn to the work of Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman was a mentor of MLK. He was a pastor, a mystic, a teacher, and one of his most well-known texts is the book, Jesus in the Disinherited. In it, he writes this. The basic fact is that Christianity, as it was born in the mind of this Jewish teacher and thinker, appears as a technique of survival for the oppressed. That it became, through the intervening years, a religion of the powerful and the dominant, used sometimes as an instrument of oppression, must not tempt us into believing that it was thus in the mind and the life of Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of all. Wherever his spirit appears, the oppressed gather fresh courage, for he announced good news that fear, hypocrisy, and hatred, the three hounds of hell that track the tail of the disinherited, need have no dominion over them. And so it was that I, as Sarah, the person wrestling with all this stuff, came here as a minister to wrestle with you. What does it mean for us to be a people and a church who follow after this God? who follow after Jesus. What does that look like in our time? Therefore, in my sermons, if you remember any of them, I've preached a lot about God as Yahweh. And this is because, for me, turning to scripture was the way that I saved my faith. Went back to the Bible. You said, you want me to take the Bible seriously? Okay, I'll take the Bible seriously. I'll learn me some Greek and Hebrew and start reading even more. And what a beautiful, glorious experience it's been to go back and rediscover God as Yahweh. God as Yahweh, as we read in Exodus, is again how God shows up in response to the cries of a people who are oppressed and enslaved. God doesn't show up as Zeus. God shows up as a better sermon than I will preach, which was preached by Stephanie Spencer in November, December-ish, about God as intimate presence, that Yahweh, the God who was, who is, who will be, the God who is always with and for us, this is the God of whom we speak. It's from that place that the people of Israel get free. And it's from that place that we ourselves get free and that every freedom movement is born. Not out of political parties, but out of the God who shows up in response to our cries and to the cries of all people to help us to get free. God as Yahweh. Why do I think it's important other than it's biblical? (laughs) That's always a good reason. You're like, well, it's in the Bible. And then you can build from there. So God is Yahweh. Why does it matter? Why is it important? Because if you look at most movements of power, of colonization, of oppression, they are rooted in a view and a belief 
of a God who looks a lot more like Zeus. God is here to give me power. I have power over because I'm connected with God. But when you turn to God as Yahweh, this God who is that intimate presence, who we know in Jesus, who I know many of us know, right? You've known what it is to be seen and loved, right? To let yourself be vulnerable and known in the face of the God who was, who is, who always will be. This is Yahweh. That's the movement. It's the invitation to yourself. Not to be, now I am godly and all righteous. Amen. No, it's, I'm broken. I'm totally human. I'm beautiful too. But I am loved and so are you. This is the place that animates then our faith. This is why I turn to it. Because I think if we're going to resist the machinations of Christian nationalism and power politics, we've got to ground our faith in the God who is Yahweh, the one who is about the business of freedom, who holds all of us in love. This matters for our personal lives, I deeply believe. And it also matters for how we show up in the world. The call to Israel as a people was that in a world where the king was at the center and was like divinity, was to put Yahweh God as the center, right? No ruler, no earthly authority, but put Yahweh as center. You see this I am-ness? Does this echo for anybody who's read the book of John? Where Jesus kept keep saying, I am, I am, I am. He's signaling something. He's saying, I am connected to the God who you met back in Egypt. I am the embodiment of that. And does Jesus show up and say, I am the warlord of all the earth? No, Jesus is like, I'm the vine, you're in the branches, you got to be connected, otherwise, you know, it's not going to be good for you. These sorts of things. This is Sarah's translation of the Bible. Right? So it's from this place then of I am that we are a people who are both encountered by love and transformed by it and invited to let that be our center our song, God as Yahweh, a people who worship in spirit and truth, a people who remove our sandals in front of the burning bush, a people who come to live in view of the I am. And this, my friends, there's no mistake why MLK, in his final sermon he preaches the day before he is assassinated, says, I have been to the mountaintop. Because the same man who met God in the burning bush is the same man who stood on the mountaintop and saw the promised land. That was Moses, right? And that then becomes for us now today a way to join in that legacy of faith. I am not a preacher who will tell you that God came to make you just feel strong in your identity. I'm here to affirm that this Yahweh God, the great I am, is still meeting all of us in burning bushes, 
is still seeking to answer the cries of people who are oppressed and broken, including all of us, and say, I am who I am and I will be. And fundamentally, what do we know God is and will be? First uh, John 4, anybody? God is love. The I am is fundamentally the God who is born us, birthed us, holds us, renews us in the waters of baptism and life that we know in Jesus. And that God's name is Yahweh, which is love. So I thought for a moment as I wrap this up that I, I might try to bring my, my voice a little bit to animating the songs of freedom through the words of one of my favorite freedom song writers and singers who embodies the gospel to me, Emily Sande. Forgive me now. <clears throat> um, Brother, there may come lightning, but it won't be so frightening if you, if you believe in love. And sister, there may be troubles, but you'll rise above it all if you, if you believe in love. Love, ooh, love, ooh, ooh, love, ooh, ooh, love, ooh, ooh, love, ooh, ooh. I hear you, love, ooh, ooh, love, ooh. If you believe in love. Stop there. Who is this God? My friends, this God is love. And as Brother Cornell West reminds us, justice is what love looks like in public. So may Yahweh God meet you anew. Let you know that you are free. You got to get free. The work of following Jesus is to get free. And then we join with this God in the good news of a kingdom of freedom and love for everyone. So indeed, may freedom ring. And may the God of all love that we know in Jesus and Yahweh be the God who leads us into the promised land. Will you pray with me? God, I give you thanks that you are God who works in all of human history and human lives. That you aren't done with us yet. So God, indeed, on this Sunday, we pray that that kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us the strength and courage and clarity of conviction and most fundamentally, your love that we might move into that promised land of love and of your kingdom and your good news of which there is no end. For it's in Jesus' name we live and breathe. Amen.